podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Life's too short to settle for the same old things. Whether you're picking up a new hobby or checking out that hot new restaurant in town, movement keeps your look and lifestyle fresh with sleek, ultra-clean watches at a price that won't break your budget. With a wide range of fresh modern designs and industry-leading materials, life never gets old with a movement on your wrist. Make your everyday sidekick for life's adventures a movement watch. Get 20% off at MVMT.com with code SLEEK. That's MVMT.com, code SLEEK. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by the original, Mr Kevin Graham The original? The original The original, eh? <laughs> Kevin, episode 300 mate I know, I know, that's unbelievable 300 eh? episodes of a Celtic State of Mind I remember the first one very well So eh? did I, you were wearing a Mickey t-shirt and shorts Shorts, yes My attire's probably not, probably improved a bit maybe I'm not 100% sure, but 300 episodes, I think if anybody would have told us that we would get to here in 300 episodes, I wouldn't have believed them, eh? but it was always a thing about a Celtic state of mind when you, when you sold it to me, um, basically it wasn't going to be the same as everything else is out there, and we've sort of proved that as we've went on, and to sit here be doing video broadcasts, podcasts, live events... Going to be publishing books, yeah. and magic. It's it's great. Some bumps along the way, but it, that's, that's all nothing, nothing's going to run smoothly, is it? Nothing that we couldn't overcome, Kevin. But you're right. With regards to a Celtic state of mind, we set it up with a vision, and the vision was to do things a wee bit differently. And the staple podcast back in the day, and until recently, really, Kevin was uh, based on interviews. Um, letting people tell their stories about this thing called Celtic and it fared as well but what happened during the lockdown is um, we turned that into a daily routine uh, and obviously you know when you're speaking to somebody every single day for months months and months you get to the point where you think right let's uh, change it a bit it's alright when you're doing it once a week we started doing it daily Let's change it up a bit. And uh, we looked um, at other inspirations from outside of the, the world of football as to how other industries are working in relation to engagement and creating content. And we realised that live and interactive is the way to go. And it certainly has been the way to go over the last few months. And we're doing the bulletins every single day, every weekday that is. Uh, today, this is our third. We've got another one coming later on. Yesterday we done three. We try and create as much content as possible. I was looking at iTunes earlier on today, and I'm not going to labour this, but as far as iTunes are concerned, 
we have put out more episodes than any other Celtic outlet. I'm pretty chuffed with that. Aye, it's, um, I'm just thinking back there to that day when we recorded the first podcast, and there's maybe a bit of symmetry here. The day we recorded the first podcast, it wasn't the day it went out, but the day we recorded it, Scotland played England that afternoon, and Lee Griffiths scored the two free kicks, because I was going to the Scotland-England game. Yeah, wow, wow. I remember sitting watching that on the couch. So that was June the 12th, it would have been 2017. Oh, that's incredible. It was, I. Ah, you're spot day. on. You're spot day. on. I remember sitting watching the game and uh, my my wife's not a big football fan, but she was asking me about the guy, Griffiths, etc. And that, all I said was there's nobody else in Scottish football could have done what Lee Griffiths did that day. That's the way I explained it. Now, is there anybody else in that Celtic squad could have done what Lee Griffiths done yesterday? Um, I, I got it tight yesterday once he scored <laughs> that that goal, and I'm quite glad. I'm quite happy to actually take the to be proven wrong. No, uh, if Neil Lennon would have just came out and tell us four weeks ago that uh, he'd promised Lee Griffiths to wait on him, then all the talking that we had and all the things when I says that I, I didn't expect to see my Celtic jersey again would have been. Null and void because we would have just been waiting on the return of the graph. Um, when you have a look at that goal yesterday, I mean the goal came for a St Johnson free kick. Mm-hmm. Kamala hooks the ball clear. Griffiths challenges for the ball in the halfway line and it breaks and we win the second ball. It ends up breaking to Callum McGregor who takes it up the park. At the edge of the box, McGregor plays the ball at the edge of the box to Lee Griffiths who plays it to Christopher Ayer. Ayer then does a fantastic wee hop, Brilliant. skip and jump, whatever whatever it was. Straight out of Milan. It had the class of a Milanese catwalk. Oh, he had quick feet. He lays it to the other rampaging centre half, who's on the overlap at this point. I and mean, you've got to remember, we're drawing this game. Why is your two centre halves 25 yards from the opposition's goal Fuck. when it's nothing each? Remember Lisbon. I, I, I know, two I know, I know. This, this is what's so special. And this is why I was really quite disappointed in people questioning the attitude and the mentality of the team. Yeah. Have a look at it. Our, two of our three centre halves are 25 yards from the opposition goal when it's nothing each in the 90th minute. Mm-hmm. Elhamed crosses a ball and as soon as it's in the middle and you see Lee Griffiths standing there himself, you're going, this is in. And what a header. What a fantastic header. And I'm so chuffed for him. I'm really, I'm so chuffed for us. Um, I'm so chuffed for you who actually showed the utmost support of him all during this summer. Uh, what was it Stevie Mullen says that, that we... That we they were actually taking stray dogs and stuff like that as well. They were, how, how many chances did we give people? But what a header! Uh, what a header that was! Got us out of jail. But that's what he can do. That's what that, he can do. That's what he can do. Um, I, I, the podcast yesterday <laughs> captured the captured the feeling that we had in that last minute perfectly. Oh, I did, and, and I've just played you the unedited version the unedited as well, Kevin. I'll <laughs> maybe go on a, a blooper reel <laughs> at, at one point. Um, oh, look, the wee man came off the bench yesterday. All the subs came off the bench and contributed yesterday yeah. to a performance that was really flat. And what you wanted, that's what you want. You want your substitutes to come on and kick things into gear. 
and we got that yesterday. We've shown that if you use your five subs well, you can swing things uh, your way. And credit to the coaching staff yesterday. Um, and I says last Monday, I remember sitting here last Monday as well, saying it was too simple a, a solution taking Scott Brown off, out the team to make her performances better. And it proved yesterday that there's no simple solution. No, you're spot on. There was a lot of people, Kevin, who uh, were of the train of thought that, uh, you know, we played better without Scott Brown. And the only thing I can think of in that respect is the spell where he was out the side and there was talk about him going to Australia and Colin uh, Watt spoke about this earlier on today. And we played a few games and we did look as though the, the whole tempo increased through the midfield. Um, however, when you see what Scott Brown did, not just in a plain sense, but in the fact that uh, the troops, he rallied the troops. He, he was, he's such a leader. And we've got leaders in that team because I do think Duffy's a, a natural leader. Callum McGregor's grown into that, that role as well. I think Ayer's a leader. So we do have leaders in the team, but no one quite like Scott Brown. And when you're looking at the, the appearances now, the total appearances, he's, he's edging ever closer to 600. And then you're moving into the realms of the Danny McGrain in terms of the amount of appearances. And what frightens, what I think is quite frightening is McGrain signed for Celtic in 67, didn't he play his first game until 1970, of course. But he, he played his final game in 1987. Now, Scott Brown uh, looks set to play more games for Celtic than Danny McGrain. Now, maybe when the thing's happening, maybe this was the, the, the case at the time of the Lisburn Lions and the Quality Street Gangs, you maybe take things for granted to a certain degree. But we're going to be looking back on, on the time, the life and times of Scott Brown and he's going to be one of these iconic captains, if he isn't already regarded as such, um, that we look back on with throughout the entire history of the club and he's going to be right up there, Kevin. Right up there. Definitely. And one of the things that I was... When people were saying, take Scott Brown out of the team, take Scott Brown out of the team, I was like, well... It gives us more. It's, it's the mentality of the team seems to be like in Scott Brown. Mm -hmm. And y you're quite right to mention Callum McGregor used to lead in his own way. Yes. He fetched the ball, he harried, he tried to keep things moving. Christopher Ayer led in his own way by being 25 yards from goal with a minute to go. Mm -hmm. Shane Duffy, was, who was superb for the second goal as well. Winning that ball and driving forward, led in his own way. But that team's used to being led by Scott Brown. Mm -hmm. That team is used to Scott Brown dragging them by the ears at times. Rugby Park last year as well, and well, that was two years ago now actually, Rugby Park. That, that Scott Brown is, and is in the mindset of that team that is going to be difficult when he's not there. And I think Neil Lennon's virtually admitted that. And it's something that David Turnbull's going to need to step up to the plate. Yeah. Callum McGregor's going to need to step up to the plate. They've got to learn how to play when Scott Brown's not there. I noticed that there were some people yesterday were going, I well, there's no uh, over-exaggeration about the ability of David Turnbull today when they got took off. David, David Turnbull's got to learn to play for Celtic. He won't do that after 90 minutes. He won't do that after 45 minutes. The boy has shown potential, but he's now got to get the mentality to play for Celtic. And that, and that could take 
a season. Could take two seasons. It could take two games. The best example of that is the aforementioned Scott Brown. Definitely. He comes in from Hibs. He's the most expensive Scottish footballer that's moved from a Scottish club to a Scottish club at that stage. And it takes him time to step up. And it's not just a step up in playing standard, Kevin. It is that mentality, isn't it? It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind and how many players that have come to Celtic from other Scottish clubs have failed to make that step up. So many of them. So many talented players who have who have not been able to make that step up. So Scott Brown's a shining example for Turnbull. When you're looking at the changes that were made yesterday, Kevin, I suggested we would make three. I got one right because Turnbull came in. Uh, were you impressed with the players that came in? The performance was really flat. Um, when you see words like dreadful and atrocious when you're sitting at nothing each it's quite difficult to compute because if you're dreadful you're like Man United or Liverpool yesterday shitting six and seven goals if you're dreadful you're actually dreadful yep. you're getting a tanking you're getting a tonking you're getting beat for nothing at Tynecastle to end the invincible run we were absolutely dreadful that day at Tynecastle mm-hmm. and we deservedly got beat yesterday we weren't dreadful in this sort of period, we haven't been dreadful once. We've just been extremely flat. And there's a difference between, for me, for being dreadful and flat. We're just, things are not just quite clicking. But we have the mentality and attitude to get wins. And that's what's been getting us through. Since we haven't dropped a point, since we dropped points at Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. we've had late goals against Dundee United, Riga, yesterday as, as well. That shows the sign of the mentality of the side and the attitude of the side is fine. And I find it amusing when I see Celtic fans using the, using the word, it's a dreadful performance, a terrible performance. Aye, it's no silky football. Aye, it's no the football, the sexy football that we want to see. But you cannot question the mentality no. of that squad. You can't say that squad is not playing for the coaching staff. There is things that can be better. Of course there is things that can be better. But we can only get better. And and if we keep on winning games while we're trying to find that, and maybe when we get to midnight the night, everything's settled down, then we can look to go forward and the performances will now come. Well, I remember uh, going back to, would it be the last time we were at McDermott Park, Kevin? Yeah, the 1-0 game where Ryan Christie scored the free kick. That's right, uh-huh. And he ran over. Almost directly to you and I, where we were standing um, mm-hmm. on that cold, wet day. And the unbridled joy in his face and in his body language that day could be unquestionable, right? Now, yesterday, if there had been a wee camera uh, on at the time of the, the first and second goal yesterday, they scenes were in the studio with mm-hmm. Colin Lawrence and myself. But someone has picked up on the, on the lack of celebration from Ryan Christie when we scored the first goal. Do you read anything into that? I don't know. Um, I noticed it as well, and I didn't notice it until I watched a replay of the goal on uh, last night on, on the sports scene. And it just seems a bit weird that he didn't celebrate a last-minute winner. Um, it, I suppose we could be reading too much into this. It could just be that he, he was like... Who knows? It could just been like he was concentrating. There's three minutes of the game to go. There's no fans there. Maybe getting overexcited is quite difficult without that. 
it's easy enough to see why Lee Griffiths got excited. Easy, mm. He scored the goal. He is going to get excited, but it was very, a very bizarre reaction uh, from Christie. I, I never actually thought about that day, as you says, when he jumped on the advertising board in front of us, and he was. That was a tough game at McDermott Park was, as well that day. It was, and aye. I know we've had some big victories at McDermott Park, but in my mind, we always get it tough there. We, we, didn't, we don't usually get it easy I can only remember one game The free flowing um, The game that uh, we tore them apart Six nothing yeah, uh, um, But uh, generally it's it's tight It's tough what, What's Christie expecting? Is he expecting to move today? Is he disappointed that somebody behind the scenes Says no you're not moving this window Is he disappointed that maybe His agents promised him a move And it's not came about? It could be that he's at McDermott Park yesterday. And again, you can't... Let's have a wee look at this. You can't question his attitude because he came on and he tried to make things happen. And I made that point on Thursday night with Stevie Mullen as well um, during the second half, taking my notes during the second half of the game, Kevin. Everything we did positively came through Christie. And there were seven or eight examples, actually, uh, against Sarajevo. And it's Ryan Christie, Ryan Christie, he either oh. shoots or he's taking the, the corner or he's setting something up. And everything he did was positive. Sometimes people look at him as being a prima donna. I've heard, I've heard that said. Uh, yes, a lot of his passes go astray, but... It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 if you focus on them, it's taking the shine off all the, the good work that he's doing. And again, when he, as you say, his his participation was positive in the game yesterday. I don't think there's ever been a game where um it looks as though he's not interested. No. That just shows that he didn't he didn't celebrate the goal. 
it doesn't mean he says he's not interested. I mean, it could well have been a professionalism where the game's not finished yet. We still need to obviously see it through. But it was a wee bit concerning because of the timing. Now, we're looking at today, we're looking at the transfer window. We've been keeping an eye on it. I think uh, when I looked at the ticker on the Sky Sports, it was 16 hours. It's now sitting at six hours. Obviously, the Scottish window closes at midnight. And we're going to come back um, from my home, probably, um, at 11 o'clock, where we'll have a final update. And we are expecting Diego Lazalt or Lax Salt, um, to come in. Left back AC Milan. The only other Celtic link I've seen this morning is Danny Fox is on his way to India. Another <laughs> left back. Um, anything else? Any other business uh, of note that you've heard of? I haven't heard anything, but I think we've got to take uh, Stephen McGowan's tweet about... And Good guy, Stephen. Most recent tweet that uh, it's only going to be lax salt that's coming in. Uh, nobody else and nobody's leaving. Mm-hmm. So I think when somebody is well connected to Stephen tweets something like that, we can almost say it's that that's it, that's it done. Um, I'm very, very impressed that we're getting Diego Laxalt. Uh, I remember him when he, I watched quite a bit of Sierra, or I did at this point, and when he played for Bologna, he, he was up and down that wing. Mm. Um, just imagine a fringpong on the other side. Wow. And um, But he's Uruguayan and can defend and will kick his granny if needed, as all Uruguayans seem to be, it seems to be ingrained into them, this, this ball to win. Racing I, club, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think as well, he, he was very noticeable because of his hair. He, he had like cornrows and dreadlocks when he played for Bologna, <laughs> which is very unusual for a white South American to have. Cornrows in, in, in his hair, but he's twenty-seven. He's experienced. He play, He's a Uruguayan international, and I'm very, very surprised that nobody else in Sierra have actually came in for him. Really surprised that it's took to the final day for us to be able to get a player of his caliber. What I love about the deal is that um, you know it wasn't one of these. Uh, Rumours that you heard three or four weeks ago that uh, the club leaked or any of this kind of stuff, Kevin, it happens, we get the deal done, job done. I mean, all the talk was Chris Iyer to AC Milan and we flipped that right on its head. No, in actual fact, we'll just take a left back in on loan instead. But um, we'll go through that. We'll go through I the players. Have, but before we go, Stephen Ray, commenter, mentioned Laxall a few weeks ago. He did? He did. He did, aye. And I think that was down to his knowledge of the South American game. As, you know, as much as anything, and mm-hmm. and he did suggest because, that this is a player we should look at. Because when he mentioned the name, I went, "We've got no chance of getting him." Well, there you go. When he mentioned it, because I, I knew the player, which is really unusual nowadays when you're getting a player from Europe. If Mister McGowan is correct, and he's the final addition to the Celtic squad, um, is there any other areas that you're concerned about that we've not strengthened so far, Kevin? I always want a wee magician, eh? I always want a wee Lubo, I always want a wee Nakamura. Every window I ask for a, a Lubo or a Nakamura. Who is he these days? I don't know, I don't know. I mean, remember the days when we used to get linked with Hakan Yakin? Every every single window and... Uh, Ray Stephen, every window, niece. <laughs> I'm not even sure the guy existed, but every single window we used to get uh, uh, linked to Ray Stephen. The older school, I remember him, he had a moustache, he used to play for Dundee. But um, we never ever signed him to this day. 
with regards to the squad and uh, who we have brought in, I've been asking your predecessors, uh, Colin Watt and also Lawrence Conley, in relation to the transfer business so far, um, Kevin. And obviously, we have brought in five players in El Yunusi, Barkas, Ayeti, Turnbull and Duffy. Uh, Colin spoke about El Yunusi and Barkas, Lawrence about Ayeti and Turnbull. I want you now to speak to me about Duffy and Lazult. And, um, you know, when you're looking at the, the previous transfer windows, Kevin, and the calibre of the player that we've been bringing in in this window, how impressed have you been? How much of that is down to Neil Lennon? I, I'm really impressed that the signings that we've brought in are first team ready. Yes. Apart from maybe Turnbull. But even then, I do think Turnbull's first team ready, but he's got quite a number of bodies in front of him before mm-hmm. he get before he'll become a regular in the first team. But he will. He, he's definitely got that ability. Shane Duffy, twenty eight year old, experienced international player. We've probably only got him because of his Celtic background. Um, Again, it was one of those names that was it was kicked up weeks ago, and I was always a bit worried that it was just we were just getting used as a tool to maybe for them to get a permanent move to one of the other middle and English clubs, your West Ham's or somebody like that. But I've been impressed with him as a man since he's came in. I think he's looking a bit rusty now. I think he, he there is a saying he's a big unit. But unfortunately for anybody that's tried to carry, carry a, a unit up, up a flight of stairs, especially if there's a turn in the flight of stairs, it can be quite tricky. <laughs> and he seems to have that sort of, uh, like, he, can, he seems to get turned quite easily with the balls in behind. And where's playing a high line, he's going to need all his experience not to get caught out. Because he, he doesn't seem to have that much pace. He's got a great reading in the game. He's a danger in the opposition box and he's fantastic in our box. He has a dominant centre-half mm-hmm. uh, that, that we've been crying out for. The problem with dom- dominant centre-halves is sometimes in the modern game, up against pacey wingers, pacey forwards, they are going to get caught out. Um, it's, interestingly, I thought... <laughs> I, mean, I mentioned you use uh, Hoovied earlier on before we came on air no remember the, the hoo-ha it was about him and Daniel Mostorovich as well and it was, it was always a worry of mine that he was going to be a damp squib mm-hmm. Duffy and I think we, we're not seeing signs of him being a damp squib but we are now more appreciative of what he can bring to the team and what he doesn't bring to the team um, so it's about learning Tempering our expectations with that, but as you says, he is a leader. I love, I love, I like him as a person. When you when you heard him getting interviewed after they signed for Celtic, he was very down to earth. He was mm-hmm. very. He'll be good for the team, good for the squad, good for Christopher Ayer alongside him, good for uh, Christopher Julian as well. When Julian comes back, I mean, you look, you, you look. He doesn't like. He doesn't look too comfortable in the ball. He likes to give the ball, not away, but he'll pass. He'll do that. He'll do the horseshoe pass that 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 you see so often in the modern game now. You look at big Christopher Julian. I reckon we missed Julian yesterday for his balls across the top. I'm just going to say that's. 
Duffy, you know, what Duffy doesn't have, Julian's got the distribution and Ayer's got the, the dribbling, if you like, or, you know, the ball playing part and aspect to that. How important do you think Duffy has been and will be to his fellow centre-halves in terms of that leadership quality and making sure that they're organised, especially in front of a new goalkeeper um, who, obviously, in the first few weeks of the season, we were still getting used to? As long he seems to be quite vocal, Mm-hmm. Which is something you're maybe missing in the back line. Hey, I'm not. A, it's quite a, 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 as you've said a number of times on on this on this show. It's quite unusual now to be able to hear the shouts, whereas before you couldn't you couldn't hear you, you couldn't hear the shouts before, and you can hear Duffy be quite vocal. You can hear the goalkeeper being quite vocal as well. Uh, so he is going to be. He's, He's played at a higher level than any of the back back three. Um, mm-hmm. What you would call your, what I would call a first choice back three, Julian Duffy and Ayer. He's played at a higher level than any of them. He's got more experience than any of them. So you you would think that he would be able to get them through games, especially of games when we're under siege. I've got no worries about our back line now developing a siege mentality if there's any game when we're hanging on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen him say you've seen him throw throwing himself in front of things. He doesn't think twice about doing things like that. Something that you don't see in Julian and Ayer. Ayer sometimes can be a bit rash, goes down too easily. With, with Duffy, he seems to have a reading of the game better. You saw it yesterday against St Johnson when he intercepted that Stevie May pass yep. for the second goal. He's going to need to use his reading of his game because he knows himself that he hasn't got the pace. So. He, it sees how he reads the game, how he how he's going to talk the two through the games as well. Uh, is going to be really, really important going forward. And just has he knows what the club's about. Big big Julian's bought into what the club's about as well. I think we can say that. So's Ayer. And if they're fully focused on the job and job ahead, I've got no worries about them as a back three. No worries whatsoever. And I think Duffy does improve us, despite his quite obvious limitations. When you think about, um, you know, the furore around him signing, we spoke about it for a few weeks before he arrived, he was a player we wanted, Kevin. Um, we've now likened him to carrying a fridge up, uh, a, you know, high flight stairwell. <laughs> and, and, you know, what I would suggest is he played no football. All of a sudden, he's come to Celtic Park He's playing two games a week. And then when you get an opportunity of a rest with internationals, he's away playing two games the last time he's away playing. So will there come a point, do you think, with the improved performances of Beton pre-injury, the return of Julian, El Hamid, who is a a very adaptable player and you can rely on him, will there be occasions where we might be able to give Duffy a wee rest as well? Now, I know he's only 28, but he didn't play a lot of football leading up to coming to Celtic and he's just been thrown right in there, isn't he? And... If we're being fair to the guy, and we've got to be fair to the guy, then that's probably where it is. Mm-hmm. It's a recovery time. It's He's hardly kicked a ball for eight months. Then all of a sudden he's thrust into his dream move. Mm-hmm. The adrenaline's phone. Within 14, 15 minutes of his debut, he scored. It's a magical time for him. Then the next thing you know, he's sore. He's having to play three games a week. He's going, I'm not really used to this. Oh, mm-hmm. What do you mean that these these centre forwards can boot me? That's a free kick. What do you mean I can't boot them back? 
Like, so he's still learning yeah. the Scottish game. And once that adrenaline wore off, I think you've seen him maybe struggle with the a game every three days. Yeah. And we do have options if there is times for him to come to, to if he needs that rest for him to be re- rested. But I reckon he's the type of character that won't want to get he rested. Want, yeah, we've seen and, it with, and, with Edward being rested. You know, it's doable. Let, let, let's go back with John Hartson. John Hartson says he hated being rested mm. because he only got fit playing games. And that could be the same with Duffy. And, and I'm not... This putting a unit up, up a set of stairs is great when it gets up the top of the stairs. Though. It's brilliant when it's sitting in your nice kitchen, your fridge, or whatever it is. Eh? So I didn't mean that in a bad way. I'm just meaning that, like, with somebody that size, there is going to be limitations in certain situations. Mm-hmm. With what I love the big fella, and I've, I mean, folk have already said that they want to give Lee Griffiths my my home address for him after I said he would never play for Celtic. The best again, part eh? about that broadcast is that you, I'm facing the screen, you're not. So I knew that Lee Griffiths was actually part of the broadcast. He'd come in to see what we're saying about him. And um, you were giving him it tight. And I wasn't. <laughs> if, right. if, Lee's, if Lee's watching again today, um, if he wants my home address, just message the show and I'll speak to him. <laughs> and I'll, and, and I'll apologise, no problem. And for what I've said about Shane Duffy there, if Shane Duffy finds out what I've said, um, he's quite a big I wouldn't bad, tell him my home no, address. No, I'm not nah. going to tell him my home nah, address. Definitely no, definitely not. Stephen Forbes, you're commenting on YouTube. Uh, welcome to the show. And for anybody who's tuning in on YouTube, that's a platform that we really started using, Kevin, about two months ago. Uh, we really try to build up the subscriber base just so we can get out to as many people as possible because it's uh, all free on YouTube. So get us watched and we'll go out as often as we can. Uh, today, we will have four broadcasts. This is number three. This is the treble. And Stephen Forbes is saying, if an experienced left-sided player comes in and we retain our key players, an eight out of nine, or sorry, an eight or nine out of ten in terms of the transfer window, if no light left-sided reinforcements, six to seven out of ten, as it's an area we've needed to strengthen for some time, for some weeks. Um, so, I, I mean, when we're looking at the, the actual strength of the, the transfer windows, what I was doing with Colin earlier on was looking at some of the earlier ones, Kevin, and some of the other transfer windows in the past, you know, part of the nine-in-a-row era, uh, season 2014-15, we brought in Craig Gordon, uh, Berget, remember him, Tonev, Denaya, Wakaso, Skepovic, Gedetti. Quite a few of those guys were in on loan. And then obviously in the, the January transfer window, we brought in Duffy, um, Mackay, Stephen and Armstrong. Uh, who did we lose? We lost Foster, Samaras and Kyle. That was an interesting transfer window. How would you rate that compared to the current season? Obviously, the current season's far better. Mm-hmm. Far, far better. That would have been Ronnie Dyer's first season. That eh? would have been Ronnie Dyer, but then yeah. you have a look at that. You've got Denai and Gadetti. Gadetti could have been a player for us. They could have been. He, he's one He's one that sometimes I look at it got away. Frustrates me. I think uh, so. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know even where he is now. We uh, sold him to Celta Vigo, but he's since moved from there. Am I right? Alaves, maybe. Mm, I know, yep. a club in Spain. But he could have been a cult hero at Celtic. I know. He had the ability. Definitely. Definitely that goal he scored against was Inter Milan. Mm. Oh, I, I, he's one that is, I've been really, di- I was disappointed that they'd leave. I know, he could have been, as you say, he could have been a, a real fan's favourite. Um, now, when we're looking at the following season, which would have been Ronnie Dyla's second season in charge, we brought in Boyata, Janko, Chiefchi, Allen, 
Blackett, Christy, Sumunovic, Cole, Sviachenko, Roberts and Kazim Richards. So a busy um, arrival desk that day. And we lost Puki. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As well as Matthews and Virgil van Dyke. So plenty of bodies coming in. But when you're looking at that, how many of them really made the grade for Celtic? Boyata certainly did. Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie. Jozo, Roberts and Sviachenko. Sviachenko did. He did. He did. Very bizarrely moved on for... But it was, it was strange timing, wasn't it? Aye, uh, really bizarrely moved on. I mean, he was no worse than any, any other centre-half. Marked a bit of pace. Uh, he did. Aye. Um, but he was no worse than any other centre-halves that we had at the time. He was a Danish international, eh? So <laughs> that window at the time... That window probably became to be a good window because you've got Christie Boyata in it. Uh, and even the previous window, when, when you look at the January signing, uh, Armstrong as well. Yeah. Uh, that's, and, you, and come on, that was the one day we got Paddy Roberts. Are we allowed to mention Paddy Roberts on transfer deadline day? I know, I know. And then obviously the the first season under Brendan Rodgers, uh, we brought in Ayer, which was a legacy of Ronnie Dyla, of course, Dembele, Turi, Sinclair, De Vries and Kouassi. Not a bad transfer window. Not as good as this one, I wouldn't have thought. Turi done the job to get us in the Champions League. Mm -hmm. That's what he was brought in for. Um, Scott Sinclair, always going to be fondly remembered. Uh, for his time at Celtic. Um, who else did we bring? Dembele. Oh, come mm. on. One of the best centre forwards. One of the best centre forwards that we've had since Henrik Larson. That's the day three make up for your Kouassi and uh, who else? De Vries. De Vries. <laughs> Aye, they free make up for that. Uh, one of the departures, um, because we, we did see the departure of Johansson, who was a player I liked a lot, Mulgrew, Skepovic and Tony Stokes. Where is where is Tony Stokes? Maybe he's away to India with Danny Fox. Well, I think Robbie Fowler was interested in taking him to the Indian Super League. That was the last I heard. That's uh, that's a bizarre, bizarre move, eh? I, I take it Robbie Fowler must know Danny Fox, eh? Oh, they're beef scousers. Oh, that, that sounds like everybody in Liverpool kens each other. Eh? I know, like it's a wee village. I like it's a wee village, eh? That's like the Americans that say... <laughs> You're from Scotland, do you know this guy? Aye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here we go. Boom, boom, coil. Does La Salt go straight in on the left side for the Rangers game? See, that's a good point. That's a very good point. How often have we seen that where a player gets thrown right in um, against Rangers um, in their various guises, and it's a difficult, it's a difficult game for them. I remember back in the day, Stuart Slater, um, and he performed brilliantly. 
against Rangers, didn't he? Uh, but there's been other occasions where players have been thrown in and the game has just passed them by. Uh, yes, it's, it'll probably all depend on his fitness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's away with Uruguay over the next fortnight. So it will depend on his fitness. It'll be de- depend on his attitude. It'll depend on how he integrates with the squad. Neil and the coaching staff have been a bit reluctant to throw guys straight in. Unlike Martin O'Neill, who that was one of Martin O'Neill's management tricks mm. to sign players and throw them right in and just tell them, oh, well, you've no trained with your teammates, that's fine, just go and play left back. Yeah. And so um, for me, I would say yes and just tell them, there's a guy there on, on Rangers' right-hand side who says that he's the best player in Scotland going Uruguay in him. <laughs> that would be an interesting <laughs> challenge for him, that's for sure. John Hewitt, you're commenting on YouTube, making soup and salads up for the week. Uh, need news on what's going down, on the hoops, hail, hail. Well, John, is it, I've asked this question before, is it the John Hewitt? Remember he signed for Celtic, quarter of a million quid under Billy McNeil? Um, well... What is going down, it would appear that Celtic's transfer business will conclude with the signing of Diego Lazalt. And the next question, actually, is an interesting one from IH Decorating. Is the news that no major outgoings to happen every bit as big as others coming in? I would say, yeah. I, I think if nothing else happens other than us finalising the deal with AC Milan, for Lazalt, that is, not for Aya, um, then I am delighted with that. That means we've never... Uh, buckle to any kind of financial pressure or otherwise with regards to Edward, Christie, Ayer and Cham. We go into the, the season after this window much stronger than we did prior to the transfer window, if you ask me. Definitely. I think if you go back uh, through our vast video archive now, you'll see the video that we made the day that we were we won nine in a row. That's right. And I says on that day, I would be happy to stand still. Um, which would mean not to lose any of our top players and bring in the two guys back on loan. Mm-hmm. So that was Foster and um, and Moy. Yonese, yeah. So I'm a disappointed Foster didn't come back, of course, but I think Barkas has got different attributes and he's looking he looks like, like a French sculpture or something. Eh? I like the fact that he's got a bit of an iconic look about him. Like he's going to be a bit, you know, he's definitely going to get involved in a bit of the old shenanigans on the park and that and probably against Rangers definitely and going back to a goalkeeping point of view I'm very very confident with, him with balls coming into the box hmm. he, he did lose one yesterday right enough but didn't he seem that concerned did he didn't, he? Seem, didn't <laughs> seem to bother him and any time you see a ball whipped into the six yard box you go he's coming to catch that mm-hmm. he very unlike Big Fraser who liked to punch things he seems very comfortable catching the ball and his movement when he catches that ball He's instantly uh, looking for an outball. He's ball. instantly looking oh, yeah. for an outball. Yep. He, he's got that movement. So I did say at that point, I would be happy to stand still. We have improved, which I didn't expect, uh, just because of the whole financial situation mm-hmm. that we're currently finding ourselves in. Um, I mean, at the moment, we're probably running that, depending on what the loan fee is for Salt, we're probably going to be running at a £12 million deficit on transfers. Mm-hmm. So we've spent this. This we've spent with plus twelve million on transfer fees yeah. and a pan, and a pandemic transfer window. I know, and it's twelve million of our own money. 
Which is the difference. Which is the difference. Yeah, so, we're not getting into debt by buying these players in. Again, even this transfer window's no no shut, but then the most pessimistic in us will probably look to January and go, oh, we could be lose somebody in January then to make up this balance. Uh, it is possible, but you, you look at this window as an utter success. Mm-hmm. When you look at the circumstances that we're in, uh, the calibre of player that we've brought in, the age of the player that we've brought in, and just the whole backdrop of this pandemic, complete and utterly strange, strange world that we're now finding ourselves watching football in. The big thing for me, Kevin, is you watched that game yesterday and two players that came on and contributed weren't quoted a month ago. In uh, another month, there's going to be another couple of players in the same scenario um, who are not at the moment part of the squad, and that's Ayeti and Mikey Johnson. You're then looking to get James Forrest to come back in other players may come to the fore that at the moment aren't showing like Sorrow who knows what, what's going to happen with him this season you've got a player in Klamala who he might be the third or the fourth choice striker but every time he, he's asked to come come on and, and do something he tries his best to do it I mean that the attitude that he showed when he was taken out uh, for the second the second goal was just brilliant for a for a fan um, and, and you know when you're looking at players like that and when you're looking at uh, the wider squad that's I think where Celtic um, we'll always have the upper hand because we've got such a deep squad now, Kevin, and players who can actually come on and make a big difference. Definitely, this season, and I've says this, I've says this quite, quite often, because the season's shorter and there's no winter break, we are going to need the squad, and we are going to need people to contribute. And if we've got the best and the biggest squad, then we should be fine uh, going forward. I mean, you mentioned Mikey Johnson and that there. Well, let's not kid ourselves on. The interest in these players that we've been, speak- that we've been speaking about all summer mm-hmm. will still be there. But the reason that they haven't moved this window is probably due to COVID. There'll be some reasoning why these clubs either haven't pushed the button or the players don't fancy the move. So that interest will still be there, whether it's this window or next window, when this whole uh, situation, the financial situation that clubs are going to find themselves in, settles down. Mm-hmm. This is a completely strange transfer window, and we've came out really, really well. And if we go to midnight tonight and we've still got Eddie, and we've still got Ayer, and we've still got Cham, then you go, wow, I didn't expect that to happen, because I really didn't expect that to happen. Well... Fair play, uh, you know, to Celtic because Celtic fans we've been looking at the fact that you know we've invested, Kevin. We've got a uh, we've got a digital, a virtual season ticket, uh, but we're looking for what extra you're going to get because it now looks as though we're never going to get back into the stadium this season. Um, I think we were all very optimistic about getting in there October, and when you know we had the middle of October in the diaries, it's not going to happen. We won't see the inside a football stadium this season by the looks of it. Uh, but one thing the club have certainly done, it would seem, and there's a few hours to go, um, is that they have ensured that you know the squad that we want to be there is there. And that, that's massive for Celtic fans in this season of all seasons. Now, Stephen T comments on YouTube, Paul John, biz all done, you can leave the equipment in the studio. Well, we might have done that, but then Kevin turned up with a packet of matchmakers to celebrate 300 uh, episodes, so we decided to run with another episode. And Francie W says, happy 300th, lads. Well, 
thanks very much. And, um, you know, it's 300 episodes and the archive is on YouTube. The archive is on iTunes, Speaker, various other platforms as well. Um, Scott Graham, you're passing on your congratulations and we do appreciate it. Uh, also, IH Decorating, best platform out there for Celtic fans. Uh, William Kennedy, Axom is the best platform available to the Celtic fans. Keep up the great work. We intend to do that. We've got big plans for, you know, other shows, Kevin, other shows that are Celtic related and quite a few that are not Celtic related as well for other podcasters to get involved. Um, brilliant getting that feedback. It's brilliant getting mm. the feedback and thanks very much to everybody who's been with us for the start, who's just came on board since we've started doing the more uh, video interactive stuff. Sometimes with a podcast it can be a very delayed reaction, but with this one it's, it's great getting the involvement uh, of the, the viewers, the listeners and Aye, it's great. Thanks very much, boys. Absolutely, Kevin. We realised how effective uh, live and interactive was, but uh, you weren't prepared to set up an OnlyFans page, so you're going to have to get Axon Live bulletins instead. Now, Stevie Ray, who certainly knows a lot about Lazolt, has said the addition of this player will be a tremendous piece of business. Fast, aggressive, technically good. If he gets back to his performances of Genoa and the 2018 World Cup, it will be KT who. Now Stevie knows a, a lot mm. about this player. He's kept an eye on him, and it was actually um, Stevie Ray who brought it up, I brought it up, I suggested him, him. Uh-huh. and here we are. I know, and I have to agree with every word that he says. There, I remember the player himself playing with Genoa. I think I says he played for Bologna, but it was Genoa <laughs> in his Genoa days, and it was no surprise that uh, AC Milan signed him at, at that point. And he is probably right if Diego Laxol gets back to what he was in 2017-18 for Genoa, I hope that we have a buy clause in this. I hope that we manage to negotiate a decent deal for this to buy him because we will be... It will be the whole Paddy Roberts thing again. Well, you're looking at... um the, the deal will us all and again we're talking about the calibre player that we've been bringing in Kevin John McAdam uh, mentions via YouTube that according to reports there is an option to buy him at the end of the season for £9 million which would match the fee for Edward it gives you an indication of the level and the quality of the player that we're coming in if it is indeed a £9 million uh, clause that's in that in that loan deal I mean that that shows you exactly the kind of quality that we're bringing in here Definitely, and it's quite common for Italian clubs to operate that sort of deal. AC Milan signed a, I can't remember the young boy, the young guy for Brescia will come to me probably when this broadcast is finished, but they've paid £10 million up front to pay £35 million next summer to buy them. So they've basically paid a £10 million loan fee. So I don't know what our loan fee is going to be for this, but it wouldn't surprise me with the quality of player that we're actually getting, if the, the buy fee is round about eight, nine million pounds, wouldn't it surprise me one little bit? Now, Gary Doonan, who is a regular contributor to the broadcast, and it's always great to hear his views uh, via Facebook. Thank God I slipped onto that PLZ five minutes I lasted. <laughs> Lauren's got it right earlier. Rangers good, Celtic bad, and Tam McManus supping a bit of the soup. <laughs> well, thankfully we're busy, so we can't tune in to PLZ. Uh, I know, I know. Tam seems to be too busy trying to get his pals and football moves. 
Oh, Stephen Fletcher, that was this window as well. I've never even put him on my list here. Fletcher. Now, let's have a look at some of the names that have, a, that have been discussed on the Axon broadcasts because um, I wrote a list earlier on and the ones that uh, I could remember were, were 18. There's Cavani there's again Cavani outside, outside Celtic Park, 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 but he's Park, no signing yeah. for us. Um, 18 players we were linked to, but there's been more, of course, one of whom that I've totally forgot about, but I'll stick him on your list with Stephen Fletcher. Um, Lewis Ferguson, Ben Davis, James McLean, Noah Lang... Caleb Ekubo and Alan Campbell. So you've got seven players there. Um, when you're looking at that list, are there any on the players that you think will remain on Celtic's radar? I'll stick my poor reputation already on the line and say Lewis Ferguson will be a Celtic player either in January or next summer. What about Alan Campbell? Motherwell. I would probably put more money on Lewis Ferguson. Okay. And again, it, it was spoken about at the time where his name was mentioned in the same paragraph as Celtic. Um, obviously, we all know who his dad and his brother, his, his uncle are. Nobody has a problem with that. No, not at all. Absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. Because you're looking at a talented uh, Scottish prospect there. And I think we, we've all, always got to remember, Kevin, uh, the John McGinn scenario and what happened with McGinn and where he is now, and what it would cost to bring a player like McGinn to the club. Um, I'm not comparing Lewis Ferguson to him, but that scenario is, is you know, that is a possibility with any young talent coming out of Scotland. McGinn came for St Mirren, so if you're looking at a player like Campbell at, at Motherwell, the same thing can happen. He could move to a Hibs or an Aberdeen who have been interested in him, get a move down south, and then they're completely out of your price range. I think Celtic are um, playing at the long game with Lewis Ferguson and I do think that the move will happen um, at the moment that may mean that we need to lose somebody in the middle of the park so when if you go back to what I says that we've got a deficit to make up and we could see somebody moving in January we could see a midfield option or two midfield options uh, opening in January and I think Lewis Ferguson might be coming to fill in one of those spaces in the squad. And the Sky Sports yellow ticker is just telling us that Diego Latsalt is in London for his Celtic medical. Oh, that's brilliant, because Colin Watt told us that three or four hours ago. <laughs> um, of the list of players that uh, you've been given, and I'll run through them again, Lewis Ferguson, Ben Davis, James McLean, Noah Lang, Caleb Ekuban. I think I called him Ekubal, Ekuban, uh, Alan Campbell, Stephen Fletcher. Uh, when you're looking at that, players obviously have been tied up elsewhere. Is there any that you regret we didn't go for or pursue? Um, ben Davis seemed to be an interesting one, but I think the fee was a bit on the high side. It usually is when you're buying from that English market. Um, you never mentioned Alfie Doherty. I think he, he was on Lawrence's list. Was he on Lawrence's list? Yeah. Um, Probably the Ben Davis one. Mm. Um, I've already said about Lewis Ferguson. I haven't really seen a much uh, Alan Campbell, but for the money that we could sign him on a pre-contract in January, is that that's right? I think because yeah. I haven't seen enough of him. But possibly the Ben Davis one would have been interesting. Would have been interesting because he's coming for a decent level of football, but. Again, a lot of these names, you don't know how much truth is in any of them. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm really, really happy 
that we maybe didn't get Ben Davis and we're now looking at a Uruguay international mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming to play for Celtic. Oh, it's brilliant. For, There's first, a few more comments coming the, in. The first Uruguayan to play for Celtic. Aye. And the first Uruguayan since Fabian Yantero to play in Scottish football. Right, who did he play for? He played for Gretna in <laughs> season 2007-2008 and he scored the free kick at Fir Park when well, it was Chris Cullen's finest moment in a Celtic jersey. Oh, don't mention him. When, when, we, when we scored two, Scott McDonald and Chris Cullen scored two goals in the last minute. So what um, was the name of the Uruguayan that played for Gretna? Fabian Jan Torno. Right, and did he play in the same team as James Allen of Las Vegas fame? And Danny uh, Lennon? No. Who was he in Las Vegas? He, he, he was only there 2007, 2008. Okay. Ken Walsh. How you doing, Ken? Good to hear from you. Mr. Scream Celica, the voice of reason. Looking good, Kev. Um, and we've also Thanks, got... Ken. Boom, boom, coil. Boom, boom, coil. Uh, great to hear from you. Any chance of talking transfers, lads? Well, we finally got there. We just uh, we had a wee bit to catch up on on the St. Johnson game before we started speaking about them. Barca boy, the lad could simply be relieved. Talking about Christie when he scored the goal. Uh, but I doubt it. And William Kennedy reckons that he did a wee fist pump. The thing is with that, and we did mention this earlier, Lawrence and I, um, during that game there was loads of parts that we didn't get a chance to see slow motion replays or or whatever. So yeah, it's possible. Um, Red Scotland, what a signing Lazalt will be. Is he not a serious player? By all accounts, he is a serious player and a fantastic addition to the Celtic squad. Raphael Cavana, uh, or Cavana, my only problem with Axom is that I spend too much time looking at it. Keep up the great work, work lads. That's brilliant to hear. Seriously, I don't take any, any of these comments for granted whatsoever. Um, it's great to hear from as many Celtic supporters as possible. Um, and I think that uh, also when we're looking at the what could have been a big story and, and listen we're not through the transfer window yet Kevin so I've not counted my chickens quite yet but there are four uh, players who have been linked now, I don't know how strong the links are to be honest with you because I've not actually seen any confirmed links to Aston Villa and Arsenal for Eduard I've seen them in the Scottish press I've not seen any for example in the English media in relation to that I've never heard anybody in Arsenal or Aston Villa talking about it um, the link between Christie and Burnley, it was it was already to- you know it was confirmed as being incorrect, and it was not um, confirmed from Celtic or from the club. And I think Burnley's transfer business has been done, as far as I know. Then you're looking at Ayer, yeah, he was linked to AC Milan. They've strengthened today in defence, so it's unlikely that they're going to pursue that. And the other one was in Cham, a host of clubs linked in Cham. Again, nothing confirmed. So we could be coming out of this window with all four of them, and that would be fantastic. If we do lose one of them, Kevin, and you had to choose which one, who would it be and why? Oh, it'd be Christy or Encham, and I would more likely to go for Encham just because either Purs or Epuxy. There doesn't seem to be any middle ground with him whatsoever. And sometimes he frustrates the loving daylights out of us. Yesterday, he, he didn't really do anything. But then there's other games where you see him playing passes that nobody else in Scottish football can actually play. Because of his pedigree, because he's been at Man City, because he's impressed in Sierra, because he's impressed with the French under-21s, 
I think we could command a decent fee for him. And also, we have plenty of bodies in that area of the pitch. Let's talk about Tom Roberts. A fantastic we turn yesterday. It's the first time we've seen that this season when he done that wee pirouette in the middle mm. of the park. Eh? Mm-hmm. But that's the only reason because of the number of bodies that we've got in there and because he has been quite inconsistent for us. And it's a shame because I really, really do rate him. But it's a tough question. You didn't want any of your players to leave, but it's going to happen at some point. No, you're right. And um, as I say, if we get through this uh, next few hours and we don't lose any of the big four, as I'm calling them, in terms of transfer targets, then fair play to the club. Great bit of business. No, remember after the, we got put out with Fener Varos, we had the whole place was in a men- meltdown and charm and uh, Ayers agents asked for their fee to see how much Celtic would look for. Maybe Celtic did give them, a, give them a fee and it's too rich in these strange times. Mm-hmm. It could well be. It could be that Arsenal have made discreet inquiries about Edouard, but the 40 million, 35 million or whatever fee it is, Celtic think that he's worth is too rich at this precise moment in time. When you're looking at the transfer window, it's a merry-go-round, it really is. And uh, we're going to be here again in January, Kevin. Mm-hmm. There's going to be clubs desperate for players for any number of reasons because they're pushing for titles. They try to stave off re- relegation. Uh, some of them will uh, sell players and have money to, to spend. That interest is still going to be there. If there's any interest just now, it'll still be there come January. Definitely, and it depends how desperate, as you says, it depends how desperate the teams are. Some of the teams in January, you see them and they sign eight, nine, ten players to try and stave off relegation, to try and get them into a mid-table position, to try and give them that push to European places or something like that. It's like a machine gun approach. Mm -hmm. They just think, if you throw 20-odd darts at a dartboard, you're going to eventually hit a treble 20. That's what the January window seems to be. If you chucked a dart at Hugh Keevans' dartboard, who would you hit? That's the question. Now, Kevin McCluskey, Jack Aitchison, away to Barnsley on a three-year deal. Shame he never kicked on after his debut goal. We spoke about Aitchison earlier when Colin was on the show, and we did expect quite a few of the players of his ilk to either go out and loan. This looks as though, obviously, it's a permanent deal, and he's away to Barnsley. It's a shame because he was, um, at the time where he scored, and he probably still is Celtic's youngest ever goalscorer. Shame for the lad. Is he never really got a chance with us, but then again... Let's be realistic here. Look at the, the players in front of him. Mm-hmm. It's, he's got a serious, serious amount of talent in front of him. And good luck to the lad at Barnsley. I always want to see Scottish strikers doing well because I do take an interest in the Scottish national team. And we need as many strikers as we can get doing well at a decent level of football. Colin Watt wants to know where your yellow tie is, Kev. We've well, got these wee yellow things on the mic. Is that not good enough, no? Well, I saw uh, Colin wasn't wearing money, so I, I took my my fashion tips for Colin earlier on. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, we've got another few things to cover in relation to the transfers. If, For example, we've, we've let 26 players uh, go. If Jack Aitchison's away, that'll be the 27th, albeit 12 of them have been on loan. 26 players, that's a phenomenal It's actually, it? yeah, it's interesting when you look at that. A lot of them are young players whose contracts come to an end, Kevin. Uh, 12 of them gone out on loan. Um, of the 27, as it will now be, 
uh, eight would be classed as first team players because I wouldn't class Aitchison, although he's played for the first team, as being part of the squad. Um, have you had to keep one from the players that we've let go this uh, transfer window, Kevin? Who would it have been? Um, there's two on the list. There would have been three if we weren't signing this Uruguayan left back. I would have said Johnny Hayes <laughs> would have been one if we were going to get left with Greg Taylor. Um, his only option on the left hand side I'm still a bit worried about the backup goalie situation so it would be between Craig Gordon and from a purely romantic Celtic point of view Swed because we need somebody to unlock defences we need somebody that can produce that wee bit of magic mm. and always hoped that these guys like him and Arzani, I, want, I wanted them to be those players. So it's a bit of a disappointment that he's not made it with us. Yeah. But he also doesn't seem to be making it, uh, is it Mecklen he's on loan to? He went to Mecklen, yeah. Uh, yeah. He seems to be annoying their coach all day as well. Yeah. Eh? So <laughs> maybe that's just me being far too romantic. But looking at the squad just now, I wish we would have kept on the hold of Craig Gordon. So we've we've basically when when we look at the the kind of transfer business that uh, Neil Lennon does, and, and I've said this before, he does tend to buy players that he wants to put right into that team. And we looked earlier on at the transfer business he done back in twenty eleven twelve, different uh, different beast entirely back then. But it was players like Kelvin Wilson, Adam Matthews, Victor Wanyama, Fraser Foster. Albeit Bangura and El Kaduri came in, but Kaduri was a short term thing. He buys players, Kevin to put right into the front, the, the first team. And already, uh, obviously, with the arrival of uh, Lazolt, he's the, he's the sixth player that he's brought in this window, and all six of those players could start. You know, they could start, their first team players. So what we're starting to see here is, is Lennon finally crafting his own Celtic side. Apart from Turnbull, there's no projects, eh? And even then, Turnbull probably isn't a project. He's, he's certainly not the long-term one, is he? Yeah, he's project, right in there. No. Yep. So, aye, there, there's definitely a change. Is it a short-term change because of what's at stake this season? Mm-hmm. Is this a boomer bust a gamble to make sure that we do get the 10 at the end of the, at the, end of the season? Um but when you mentioned there, you mentioned Adam Matthews. Adam Matthews was a great servant for us. Could play on the left or the right hand side. He, he was uh, did, did a decent we, squad player. Did we let him go early? Too early, maybe. We got a sniff. I think at two million pounds at a time where we had brought him in for nothing. We, we looked upon it as being progress. You know, where you bring in a player and you make a two million pound quick profit. It's, on it's interesting when Neil Lennon got the Celtic job in the shower after completing the treble treble. The first thing uh, Peter Wall says about him, he knows a player. And when you've started reading what he done in that window there, there's no many failures. And that and the players that you says that, that you say they're first team ready. Mm-hmm. So it could be again. And remember, at this point last year we were in utter chaos because we didn't have a we didn't have a director of football or whatever the chief scout, chief whatever they are. And we had Nicky Hammond and we gave him a six-week contract, mm-hmm. which was basically saying, right, use your contra- use your contacts for six weeks and get us some players. Yep. So there, there was no scouting done last summer either. 
Um, so I'm quite glad that there seems to be a bit of scouting done. Uh, with Duffy is obviously the opportunity presented itself. Barkas, he must have been on the scouting team's radar for maybe since EEK. We played EEK a couple of seasons ago. Um, Ayeti, again, we've scouted him quite extensively as well. And Turnbull has been quite obvious that Neil Lennon's wanted David Turnbull since the moment that he got the job permanently. Eh? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's better that we've got a manager who knows a player rather than a, a development coach. There's certainly an argument there, isn't there? Uh, when you look at the results and hopefully the result will be. But we do need a balance, Paul. We really do need a balance. We need we need to have projects and we need to have first-team players. We've got to have a, bit, a mix and a balance and we just can't chuck all our apples in the one basket. Well, it used to be that your projects were nurtured uh, youth players that came through the ranks. That was your projects and uh, you would go out and sign players to complement that, Kevin. But um, I like the way it's going. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Lazalt paraded in a Celtic jersey. And this is the third broadcast of four. We'll be back at 11 o'clock tonight. And uh, thanks everybody for getting involved on the social media channels. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe on YouTube because we'll keep the broadcast coming. And all that's left for me to say, Kevin, is thank you once again for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment.
People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.